turn in your copy of God's Word to Ephesians uh, chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. Uh, we're going to continue our series on the church and continue thinking about the mission of the church, uh, looking at one aspect of that uh, today, uh, the mission of making disciples. So we're going to look at Ephesians uh, chapter 4. Uh, I'm going to start in verse 7 and then read um, to verse 25. Starting in verse 7, read to verse 25. I'll pray and then we'll dive into God's Word. Ephesians 4, 7. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gifts. Therefore, it says, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives and gave gifts to men. In saying he ascended, what does it mean that the, but that, the, that he had also descended into the lower regions, the earth? He who descended is the one also who ascended far above all the heavens, that he might fill all things. And he, God, gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for building up of the body of Christ, until we all attain unity of the faith and of knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into Him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. When each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Now this I say and testify in the Lord, that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do, in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of their ignorance that is in them, due to their hardness of heart. They have become callous and have given themselves to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. But that is not the way you learn Christ, assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him, as the truth is in Jesus, to put off the old self, which belongs to your former, former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God and true holiness, righteousness and holiness. Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one, one of another. Let's pray. Lord, we do just humbly bow before your... uh, throne now. God, you are so good uh, to us. You are a majestic and holy God. You are gracious and merciful. You are indeed holy, holy, holy. Father, when we think of your holiness, we are reminded of uh, how far short we fall for being unholy. God, we, we ask now to, for your forgiveness from our sins of this past week, how we have not made you a priority, how we have been greedy to practice the things of this world. God, how we have lived in ignorance of your truth and of your resurrection. God, I pray that you would just awake us, awake us to our sin, God, and then show us that there is forgiveness in the blood of Christ. Father, we thank you that we have been washed, that we have been sanctified, that we have been justified. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. So God, we pray that you will not hold our sins against us, for you have placed them on our Savior, the Lord Jesus. God, we pray um, for this city, 
We pray for other pastors in this area. We pray for Ron Richardson at Catawba Baptist Church this morning. God, we pray as he preaches the word of God that the people of God may be strengthened and edified. Father, we pray that you use him and his family to bring about your glory in that church, Father. Grow those people to be a holy priesthood, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God, that one that gives you honor. God, we also pray that for our own hearts this morning. God, I love this church. I love the people that you have gathered here, God. Father, I pray that you would build them up, that you would build them up through your word, Father, that they would be conformed more and more into the image of Christ, Father, that we would give you glory in all that is said and done. God, we pray that we would reach the full measure of faith, that we would be, have unity in the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God. And God, I pray now as I preach that I would just humble myself, that I may decrease and that you may increase. God, we pray that what is said from your word would be constrained by your word, that you would preach to the hearts of your people. So God, we pray that the Spirit of God is alive and active now. We pray against distractions for the next 30 minutes. God, we pray that our hearts and our minds revel in the Word of God, that we believe this is a gift by your hand. So God, we accept your Word now. We ask you to, to guide us by your Spirit, we pray. We say this um, to you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Uh, after graduating from high school, uh, my parents rewarded me uh, from the 12 years of labor and academic study with a backpacking trip to British Columbia, uh, Canada. Uh, we arrived uh, one morning via ferry to a small town of Egmont, where we took our uh, vehicle to a base camp. Uh, upon arrival at this base camp, uh, we met our two guides, Mark and Brian. Uh, They sat us down and proceeded to equip us with all the materials needed for this trip up the mountain. We had to make sure we were equipped with the proper clothing for the cold weather. You guys know cold weather? We had to have the right amount of food. Uh, We had to be equipped with the right tools in order to climb the mountain that stood before us. Uh, One of the tools we received was an ice axe. Now, although I grew up in the frigid cold of the windy city of Chicago, I had never seen or touched an ice axe before that moment. And can I just tell you, as a teenage boy, the exhilarating feeling it was to hold an ice axe in your hand? Young men were made for adventure. Now, although I was equipped with the right tool and excited for the journey, I still need to be equipped with the knowledge of how to use the tool. See, now Mark and Brian were tasked with teaching us how to use this ice axe. Because if we were going to be successful in our mission of conquering the mountain, we were going to have to use our new tools properly. The key to the ice axe was not having it in your possession, but being able to use it on our journey. The tool would have been meaningless if we stayed in the base camp. We had a mission to climb a mountain and we needed to be equipped with the right tools. Beloved, likewise, Christians have been given a mission from the mountaintop, the Great Commission, to make disciples of all nations. And we need to be equipped with the right tools. The purpose 
of equipping young men with tools to conquer a mountain was never meant for them to remain at the bottom of the mountain. We had to go. We had to complete our mission. Beloved, the saints of God, we must be equipped for our mission. Not to merely possess the tools of knowledge, but to go and make disciples. We've been called to make disciples for Jesus Christ by baptizing and teaching, by edifying and evangelizing. This morning, we're going to look at how we make disciples in the the building up of the body of Christ, the edification of the saints. My prayer is that you would be encouraged and challenged this morning uh, to be equipped for the adventure that Jesus Christ has given us himself to make disciples of all nations. I pray that we understand that our mission is never to come and sit next to each other on Sunday morning, but to come, be equipped, so we can go and make disciples. We are not called to sit at our base camp, but to conquer the kingdom of darkness with the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ. First, our mission is to help equip the saints. Number one is to build the body. If you want to follow along in the outline provided for you, flip along the back of your bulletin. We want to equip the saints to build the body. Now, the local church is very precious to the heart of God. This letter itself is written to the saints at Ephesus, the group of people who gathered together in Ephesus, the local body of believers. Now, during the first three chapters, Paul unpacks the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. He says in Ephesians 1.7, In him, in Christ, we have the redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished on us in all wisdom and insight. See, we have forgiveness of our sins and redemption through the blood of Jesus. He spends the first three chapters unpacking the the riches of his grace that Christ has lavished upon his people. Then beginning in verse uh, 1 of chapter 4, he says this, I therefore, right, a prisoner of the Lord. So based on the gospel, the glorious riches of the gospel of Christ, I now urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you've been called. So the rest of the letter, verses four, chapters 4, 5, and 6, are to tell us how do we live in a manner worthy of our calling. One aspect of that calling is to be faithful to the mission that God has given his church to make disciples. So look with me at verse 11 of chapter 4. It says, And God gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for the building up, for building up the body of Christ. See, the heart of God for building up his people is that he gave apostles, he gave prophets, he gave shepherds and teachers. See, God has a plan to build up his church. His plan, in his infinite wisdom, is to give gifts to you in shepherds and teachers to equip you for the work of the ministry. The professionalization of the Christian ministry has hurt both pastors and Christian members. 
in the local church. The professionalization of the ministry has allowed Christians, the body of believers, to forsake their calling to make disciples. The lie in our head is that we support uh, the pastor, the professional Christians, to do the work of the ministry. While professional often, professionalism often gives vocational pastors like myself a sense that they may be more important than the average Christian in the pew. Beloved, both those are lies from the very depths of hell. Pastors are given as gifts to God's people, to God's beloved. We labor not to exalt ourselves as intelligent or wise, but we labor to to be slaves of Jesus Christ, to be his servants for your sake. Pastors live to be poured out as a sacrifice in order that others, you, may be equipped to do the work of the ministry, to participate in the joy of serving Jesus Christ. Don't miss this. God is behind the church. God wants you built up. God gave gifts to the church to build them up so that you could fulfill your mission. See, after God gives you the mission to make disciples, he then gives you the tools in which to meet them. Shepherds and pastors who know God's word, who study God's word, to give you God's word, to build you up in God's word so you can go in God's word, bringing the light of the gospel to the world. God wants you to do the work of the ministry. Amen, right? We want to be motivated. We don't want to stay at base camp. We want to climb the mountain. If you only come to church to sit and listen, you do not understand the nature of the church. If you only come to church for your own walk with God, you do not understand the purpose of the church. I mean, think about it. God gives you teachers so that you can be equipped to do the work of the ministry. God gives you teachers to equip you to serve him to complete his mission. So if your end goal in coming to church is not to learn how you can do God's work and encourage others, then you misunderstand why God created the church. God wants you not only to do his work, but to feel the joy and to feel the the love of actually serving God on his mission. I remember on that trip climbing this mountain in Canada, and we were walking through the clouds. We reached this one point where we, we felt like we were standing on the top of the world, surrounded by a sea of clouds, only to see a little mountain peak peeking up in the distance. I remember sitting on the edge of a cliff, looking down into this lush, green valley, mesmerized the creation of our Lord. I remember sleeping, bundled up in a sleeping bag, right, in the open air, right in front of the stars, so close it almost looked like you could touch the stars. Now, if I stayed at base camp and didn't go on the mission to conquer the mountain, would I have seen that beauty? Would I have experienced the exhilaration of seeing God's wonderful creation from the top of the mountain? No. When I was in Washington, D.C., I served as a missionary for the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. And one of my jobs was to uh, take uh, kids to summer camp, uh, you know, 
By the last year I was serving there, we got a $20,000 donation to take 50 kids from inner city Washington, D.C. to camp. Now, the camps were designed to teach kids to, to improve in their sport, but also to teach them about Jesus. So the 50 kids we brought that summer, this was probably their first camp experience, probably the first time they even heard about Jesus Christ. At the end of the camp, the camp speaker kind of gives an invitation, encouraging people to, to respond to the, to, the, to the ministry of Jesus Christ. Well, that week, although it was fun, it was also extremely hard. We would wake up at 5.30. We'd have prayer at 6. Uh, we'd, we'd pray from 6 to, to 7. We'd have a full day of activities, help running sports, leading Bible studies, having conversations after our large group of discipleship. We'd go to bed around 12 o'clock, exhausted. But that last night when the speaker issued the call for these, these, these people to move forward, I saw tons of the 50 kids who came who did not know Jesus walk forward. And I remember in that moment just seeing these kids who were lost and in darkness responding to the gospel of Christ. And I see tears were streaming down my face. God, how would you allow me to participate in someone's salvation? And as I'm sitting there crying, one of the young men runs back to me. And he gives me a big old hug. And he says, thank you. Thank you for showing me who Jesus Christ is. Thank you for bringing me to camp. Serving Christ is a joy-filled experience. So God wants you to experience that level of joy. He wants you to, to go in his mission, to help people find Christ, to be filled with the love of God. He has given shepherds and teachers to this church to equip you to be built, to build up the body of Christ. Can I just be honest? God wants you to build up the other members of Park Baptist Church. Each of you has been given grace according to the measure that God has designed so that you could build each other up. So in what ways are you building up the body of Park Baptist Church? How are you using your gifts to help others move towards Jesus Christ? Now I can list a variety of ways of, of that you could, could just show you how you could build up the body of Christ. Uh, but I think that one of the main reasons that people neglect the building ministry in the local church is a lack of love. I mean, if you love someone, isn't it natural that you work for their good? When we love others, we are also loving God by trusting the purposes in His Word, His, His purpose for the church. So love the people of God by wanting to build them up so that they may reflect Jesus Christ and God may be glorified. So just ask yourself very, very, very clear, cleanly, in what ways can you better love the people of Park Baptist Church? How can you intentionally work to build up the body of Christ? That's why you're here, is to be equipped for the work of the ministry. Now, many of you do not need to be encouraged to build. Many of you, you just need to be encouraged to continue to build. Many of you have labored this church so faithfully for so many years. And can I just give you a word of encouragement? Do not give up. Do not grow weary in your labor. Your labor is not in vain. 
hear this exhortation from Galatians 6, 9, and 10. Let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So then, as we have opportunity, let, let us do good to everyone, especially to those who are of the household of faith. Beloved, your labors will reap a harvest. I mean, think about that. You will reap a harvest if you do not give up. So do not grow weary in doing good, especially the household of faith. The second thing we see here is we want to equip the saints to conform to Christ. Equip the saints to conform to Christ. There is an ultimate purpose in our labors for the body of Christ. We are laboring for the glory of God by helping people be conformed into the image of Christ. Romans 8.29 says, For those, pretty much the purpose statement for all, all of the Christian life, for those whom he foreknew, he also pre- predestined to be conformed into the image of his Son, in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. The destination for all Christians is to be conformed to the image of Christ. The purpose statement there in Romans 8.29 says this, is that we are to be conformed to Christ in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. So when we are conformed to Christ, we display the glory of the gospel of our King, Jesus Christ. See, Jesus came to live and die and be raised in order that we, that he might be the firstborn. Jesus' position as the firstborn implies that there's going to be people born after him. So when we put our faith in Jesus Christ, the Bible says that our hearts that were, that were dead, that we were under wrath, are made alive, that we are born again through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And as we are conformed into the likeness of Christ, as ones who are the first fruits of the resurrection, evidenced by the Spirit of God, then others will also have the confidence that they too can experience that resurrection. As we are conformed to the image of Christ, we display the truth of the gospel. We then work to build others up, that they also may be an image of the gospel of Christ. And this, this truth is repeated again and again through Scripture. We even see here in our text this morning, look at 4.12. We equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ, until we all may attain to the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. And again in verse 15, rather speaking the truth in love, We are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ. The end goal of our labors is building others up, is to help them grow into the image of Christ. And as people are conformed to Christ, then the glory of Jesus Christ is manifested throughout our world. See, God says this, I'm going to give you teachers so that teachers can can equip you, so then you can do the work of the ministry, building up the body of Christ so the people next to you, the people that you love, the people that you care about, will also be conformed to the image of Christ. So then when we go throughout our week, guess what happens? We are image bearers of Jesus Christ throughout our world. But if we don't care about building up the others for the kingdom of God, do we care about the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ? Idolatry was a very common theme in the Old Testament. 
uh, followers of false gods uh, worked to extend the influence of their false gods by creating images carved of wood and stone and, and spread them out in certain areas. Uh, they believed that the more images uh, that were made symbolized the power and the influence of the image bearer. So the more idols that were created was the stronger the god uh, of the region. Well, God strictly forbid the creation of images carved in his image as we read in Exodus 3-5, part of the, the Decalogue, the Ten Commandments. He said, You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image or likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. See, by creating images, man was rejecting the supremacy of the one true and living God. For God has already made images for the world. Genesis 1.27 So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. The creation of man in the image of God displays the greatness of God because his image bearer expand to the end of the earth. There is only one true and living God exemplified by his image bearers spread throughout this world. But we know the story. After God created us in his own image, man fell into sin. So now the image that people see of us, they see a corrupted image, an image that is not pure. It's kind of like you have a a television screen. Some of you guys have the HD, the 60-inch beautiful TVs, right? Well, some of you have the fuzzy ones, you know, they have have the, the, the purple line across the top. Well, You'd rather have the the pure image. But our world, God has created us in his image. Well, now we have a a corrupted image. We are fuzzy. We have a hard time for us to see the glory of God. So God sent his son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin to condemn sin in the flesh. Jesus came to crucify sin in the flesh. He was dead and buried, but God raised him from the dead as the firstborn over all creation. So now everyone who turns from their sin and trusts in Jesus Christ are born again, are born again into the image of Christ. This is important. Listen to 1 Corinthians 15. The first man was from the earth, a man of dust. The second man is from heaven. As was the man of dust, so also are those who are of the dust. And as is the man of heaven, so also are those who are of heaven. Just as we have been born into the image of the man of dust, so also we shall bear the image of the man of heaven. Beloved, what I'm trying to get at is if you don't care if others bear the image of Christ and they're being conformed to the likeness of God, likeness of Christ, then we really don't care if God's image is displayed throughout this world. And not just this image in in man of Adam, but the man who are born again in Christ. We want the image of Christ to be spread throughout our world. So what do we do? We build each other up for God's sake. The The job of building is not given to the professional Christians, but to the whole world. There really is no such thing as professional Christians. We have come to believe that lie. We have to enlarge our vision of the church. We have to enlarge our desire to see Jesus Christ glorified in all the earth. 
by making disciples. And how do we make disciples? We, we help people be conformed to the image of Christ. Don't sit on the sidelines. Join in the mission. So how do we do that? Well, the third thing that we see here in the text is we equip the saints to tell the truth. To tell the truth. See, now that we know the importance of of building up uh, others to be conformed to Christ, to manifest His glory, that's what we're doing. We We have to ask, how do we do that? And the answer is very simple. You ready? I'm going to blow your minds. You ready? Tell the truth. We equip the saints by telling the truth. I'm going to read this passage again from verse 11 through verse 25. And I'm going to try to add a little emphasis every time it talks about truth or it talks about knowledge. And I just want you to focus in on those words. Let's read this text again. Ephesians 4, 11 through 25. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ, until we all attain the unity of the faith, of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature man into the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by waves and carried by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning and the crafting of deceitful schemes, Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. When each part is working properly, makes the body grow as it builds itself up in love. Now this I say and testify in the Lord, that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do, in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them. Due to their hardness of hearts, they have become callous and have given themselves to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. But that is not the way you learned Christ, assuming you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus. To put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt, through deceitful desires, and be renewed in the spirit of your minds to put on the new self, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Do you see again and again, it talks about your mind, it talks about telling the truth to one another. So in order to tell the truth, We must possess two things. One, knowledge of the truth, and two, relationships with people. First, you must grow in the knowledge of the truth. You must commit yourself to studying the Word and be equipped with the Word. Now, we provide four organized opportunities every single week for you to hear the Word of God. Wednesday night, Sunday school, Sunday morning, and Sunday night, that you can hear the Word of God. But that's not the only time that, that we're available. You know, Bill and I, the, the elders of, of the church, are here for you. We want to be used to equip you. That doesn't have to happen on Sunday morning. It helps if it happens on Sunday morning. It doesn't have to. We're here throughout the week. I think one of the lies that has been put around in, in people's heads uh, when it comes to people's view of the pastor 
is that I can't talk to my pastor. He's just really busy and I don't want to be a burden to him. I don't want to burden him with my problems. That is a lie. We are here for you, for your sake. I love you. I love this church. It is a joy and an honor to be able to equip you for the work of the ministry. So when you go and do the work of the ministry, I have a part to play in that because God, by his grace, has given me to you for your sake, that you may grow in Christ, be conformed to the image of Christ. So when you say to yourself, I don't want to burden my pastor, come burden me. I want to share your burdens. But don't just do that to me. Share it with the person next to you. Share your burdens with one another so we can build each other up to the work of the ministry. There is incredible wisdom in this room. There is incredible knowledge in this room. There is incredible spiritually minded people in this room. If you have an issue, seek them out. The evil one says, don't bother them. We're called to each other, folks. Use us to build each other up for the glory of Christ. We're here for you. Listen to what Paul says. I'd say that Paul's words are mine and Bill's words to you. For what is our hope, our joy, or crown of boasting before the Lord as his coming? Is it not you? For you are our glory and our joy. It is a joy and a glorious gift to be able to serve this church. Hear that. Not only do we must know the truth, the second thing, we have to have relationships with people. If we're going to fulfill God's mission in making disciples through the building up of the saints, you must know the saints. See, one of the reasons why people don't go and share their problems is because you don't have a relationship with the people in the church. You know, life is short and time is valuable. We only have so much time and energy at the end of the day. So we have to be careful in where we invest our time. That being said, God believes the building up of the body of believers in the local church should be one of the top priorities of Christians. Invest your time in others. Then be patient and allow God to build the relationship that you could be one of those people to speak the truth in love and in speaking the truth in love to your fellow believer, they can be conformed into the image of Christ. So when they live throughout the week, they are image bearers of the one who was born of heaven, radiating the glory of Jesus Christ in our community. It is not in vain. Uh, During my hike uh, in the mountains, um, the team approached a section uh, of this real steep uh, embankment So it was basically just a sheet of snow, very steep, and then on the bottom was this huge uh, ravine uh, or crevice. And they said, the only way that we're going to make it across is if you tie yourselves uh, to one another. Now, I was on the trip with my two best friends, and we we tied ourselves to each other, and we had to use our ice axe and walk across this embankment. Even thinking about it, I don't like heights, even thinking about it gets my, my palms sweaty. And as we started to walk across, my best friend, who I, I, I knew since uh, we were 13 years old, slipped. And he started to fall down this embankment. And the only reason why he wasn't lost and slipped off the ravine, because he was tied to us. So we had to take our ice axes and we had to slam them into uh, the, the wall of snow and hold up our friend. 
The only way that we were able to, to get by that section is that we had the right tools, we had the right knowledge, and we had each other. Beloved, the only way we are going to make disciples of the nation is if we have the right tools, the right knowledge, and each other. We must build up the body of Christ so that we are conformed into the image of Christ as we tell the truth about Christ for the glory of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Let's pray. God, we we pray now that you would continue to use this church for your glory. Father, we pray that that the church would, would take the equipping ministry seriously, that they would be equipped to build up the body of Christ, that they would not sit on the sidelines, they would not remain in the pew, but God, that they would be motivated to love your people. They would be motivated to love you, to help conform people into the image of Christ, spreading your glory throughout this world. God, we pray that you would just be gracious to us. Allow us to build relationships that are not merely superficial. Give us the boldness to share our struggles and give us the grace to respond with mercy, Father. God, continue to knit this congregation in your likeness as we live for your glory. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.